There's, there was on prayer today, um, uh, Melanie uh, had, had a name of God that it, it's uh, Yahweh, Yahweh Shama, and it's uh, the God who is there. And so I, I just want to talk about this tonight because I, I think it's very necessary for us. I think there's, as wonderful as a move of God can be, it can be a distraction. Uh, something that's hit me a, a lot um, lately is uh, how many people were actually right in front of Jesus and they were waiting for the Messiah so they didn't see him. Um, they were waiting for something else. And uh, th there's nothing anywhere else in the world going on today that we don't have right here. That the, the, the God is here. So <laughs> pretty amazing things happen in the Old Testament <laughs> with, the, uh, uh, with the Exodus especially. Remember, the, the children of Israel were in Egypt for 400 years working as slaves. And then, and then uh, God shows up and starts doing these amazing things, first with Moses, the burning bush. But then they'd start doing all these uh, plagues, you know, and, and, it's, and it's God. Can you imagine if we just had one thing that God showed up and did like that? It's like you would think the whole world would just bow down. But they don't. They don't. So it's not... It's not, just, it's not just a demonstration. It's not just a big thing that we need. We need relationship. <laughs> so, so anyway, let me just go through. I've got several scriptures I want to look at here uh, because I, I think it's very necessary for us to get a perspective on this that'll, that'll help us to take what God's wanting to do right here and not, uh, not feel like we need to go anywhere. All right? So um, right at the Exodus, there was a manifest presence. So when the children of Israel were coming out of, of Egypt, remember they did it in the middle of the night? They snuck out. Three million people snuck out of town. <laughs> that had to be kind of interesting, right? <laughs> but right when they got out into the wilderness, God started showing up to be with them, to be their guide. The cloud started appearing during the day and the pillar at night, right? That was right away. That was before they got in, went anywhere. And they wouldn't move if the cloud didn't move. And they wouldn't move the, if the pillar didn't move. Talk about knowing that God's there. <laughs> there's, there's a visitation for you, right? <laughs> So anyway, let me just read this. <clears throat> Exodus 13, 21. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. So <clears throat> he actually guided them through the wilderness where they needed to go. And what's really interesting, if you look at this, God actually guided them. Sometimes I've had the opinion or I've had the, the perspective that, that they kind of wandered into the wilderness and ended up at the, the Red Sea. Did you know that God guided them there? God actually guided them to the Red Sea and he wanted to trick Pharaoh into thinking that they were trapped. God actually did that on purpose because he wanted to prove himself to make it known. Don't you know, when, once they got into the promised land, when they're fighting these other nations, these other nations were scared to death of a nation that had a God like that. 
that would swallow up a whole army in the, in the ocean, you know? So anyway, right away, God's showing up, and he, he's there. He's there. You can see him. But if you notice what happens, they had him there every day. And yet they rebelled, didn't they? They got up. He's with them clear across right up to the Jordan, right up to the, to the promised land. And, 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 and they, he's, he's told them they have this already. This same God that's been guiding. They've been following in him. He's been real every day to them. And yet they get to the promised land and they balk. They're more impressed with a giant than they are with, with this God that's been demonstrating himself to them, right? Okay, let's go to Joshua here, one nine. What I'm wanting to emphasize is the presence of God. That, that he, did you know, he was, he was actually there all through the, the 400 years in Egypt also. He was there. They just started being noticed. Just started being noticed. Okay, so Joshua 1 9. Where his presence is known, there's courage and strength. So um, this is my command. Remember, Joshua was the one that's actually going to take him into the promised land, right? Moses has to die because he uh, didn't obey what God told him to do. He says, This is my command be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is what? With you. Not he's, he's at your destination. Not he was with you a long time ago, so you can feel it, really feel good about that. <laughs> he's with you right now. Yes. Right? Wherever you go. You don't need somebody else to show up. <laughs> and he said, because he's with you right now, there's strength to be had. There's courage to be had. And you don't need to go somewhere else for it because God's here. <laughs> That's kind of too simple, isn't it? All right. So let's go to Isaiah 57, 15. I'm, I've got several of them here, so we'll get through this and, and maybe practice this a little bit. <laughs> okay, can we do that? All right. The high place of the Holy One is with the contrite and humble. I thought this was really interesting. Because sometimes we, we want to glorify somebody. We want to glorify something that's going on somewhere. And God says, you know where I am is with the one that realizes that there's nothing else in this life that matters at all. Not where I've been. Not my education. Not how pretty I am. <laughs> All right, let me read this. The high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one, says this. I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. Now, does it, partly what I'm wanting to get at, there's no geographical association with where this high place is. It's a people association. It's, it's, it's wherever there's a contrite heart, where there, wherever there's, <laughs> it's almost like a no-brainer. Me in the presence of God. 
I think I'm just going to give in to that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think I'm just going to humble myself in, in the presence of God. And God says, it's not, but, but this isn't just an option. If, if you want to be where God's at, if you want to experience the presence of God, he doesn't go anywhere else. <laughs> He's only where there's a contrite. What's a contrite? That means you're repentant. That means you're, you're, you're not thinking I'm going to get by with something. You know, this is part of the thing with, with, part of the thing with, with how grace has been defined. You know, there, there's a song out there that talks about you're smiling like you got away with something. Well, you did get away with something. No, grace helped you with this, and you didn't get away with it. It was paid for by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Okay. So he says, I'm actually with those who are with, have a contract. So wh where is this, where, where's God going to show up? Where there's a contrite and a humble spirit. Okay. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. <laughs> so let's, let's get a clue of, of why anything's going on today that's getting into the news. It's not because of a location. It's because of how God moves, where he moves, where he shows up. It's where there's a contrite spirit. Okay. Uh, Isaiah 41.10. He is, uh, is with, <laughs> what am I saying here? Is with as God helps strength. Uh, well, I don't know what I'm saying there, but anyhow. <laughs> I had some kind of idea when I did that. Okay. <laughs> Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid, for I am what? With you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strength, strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So where God is, and here's, <laughs> he's kind of, he, He's here. He's the God who is there. He's Shama. He's the God who's there. But who gets to experience him? And, and as soon as they experience him, what do they get? They get strength. They get hope. They get help. <laughs> Amen? It, but but it's, 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 it's not a special... Well, it's not a special thing. I mean, God doesn't show up... Because he's like manifesting himself special. It's, it's the attitude of the heart that makes him show. Because he's already there. It's like Pastor Kim was saying. He's, he's already prepared the feast. He's already here. All right. Let me keep going. So there's no geographical location for God's presence. Jeremiah 23 23 through 24. Am I a God who is only close at hand? Says the Lord. No, I am far away at the same time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and earth? Says the Lord. He says the glory of the Lord will fill the earth. 
That's what happened actually with the Holy Spirit. He's flooded the whole earth with his glory. Amen? You know, sometimes we can, we can desire God show up. And he's saying, here I am. <laughs> That's where they, they were, they said, Jesus, tell us about the Father. He says, look at me. <laughs> right? We're, we're waiting for some special anointing. And, and Jesus has already said, I've anointed you. I've given you power. <laughs> right? Okay, Isaiah 7, 14. So there, there is a sign. So, so what we like to see is, is, is evidence, a sign so that we can believe. Right? That's really, if we're, if we're really honest, we're saying, man, I'm having a hard time believing. I need God to heal somebody so I can believe some more. Right? It's like something's happening somewhere. I want to go see that so I can really believe God. God said, what about here? <laughs> I, I'm here right now. How I manifest has nothing to do with a geographical location or what somebody's doing somewhere else. How I manifest, if, if it's happening somewhere else, it's because I was thinking about it this way. What does it take to start a fire? Just a spark, right? Just a spark. And if there's a spread of something, it's because somebody is, is pursuing God. Amen? And really, all it takes is one person. It, it doesn't take us seeking God to show up. It takes one person seeing God. And getting on fire and saying, God, you really are real. You really are here right now. You know, I was thinking about it when, when I was growing up. This is what we experienced every, every time we went to church. I mean, we just get lost in the presence. We're just seeking him and we're crying. And we had to have Kleenexes and all kinds of stuff, you know. Cause, cause, but because that's what we anticipated, that's what we expected, and that's what we knew was there for us every time. And we liked it. We didn't have something to go watch. <laughs> In fact, we didn't. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think, you know, there, you can get kind of... Uh, kind of in a box with that too, but but I'm glad my 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 parents we didn't do a lot of other stuff. So so it allowed us to actually like God a little bit more, I think. You know what I mean? It and it allowed me to develop other things, you know, that I wouldn't have. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have learned guitar the way I had. We didn't even have a TV till I was 16. I'm not preaching this, but there it, it's, it's not going to be somebody that is living for the world that's going to encounter the, the, the visitation of God. It's somebody that says, no, it, it's, it's just you, God. Amen? Okay. So Isaiah actually gives a promise of a sign for all the sign wonders, wonders. Everybody that wants a sign <laughs> said, 
All right, then the Lord himself will give you a sign. <laughs> Look, the virgin will conceive a child. Talk about a sign. That's, wow. But to prove it. They didn't have DNA proof and all that kind of stuff back then. <laughs> you just had to take the word for it, right? But it was still a sign. She will give birth to a son and will call him what? Emmanuel. And what is Emmanuel? God with us. Now, God was everywhere already. But until Jesus came along, there was not a connection for the whole world. For the, there, there was, you know, the Israelites, but there wasn't for the whole world. Jesus came along and he made it possible for everybody to, to have God. Not somewhere else that you have to go find or have to have somebody pray for you. But no, he's with you. Amen? So let's go to Romans 8, 38. So with him now, there is no separation at all. Man, I, 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 I'm, you know, if, if we can pray for this, that we get revelation of what we have right now. You know, we were we were listening to to, to brother <laughs> brother Keith quite a bit this last week. He talk about, I mean, he, he his offering is an hour, <laughs> and then and then uh, you know then it's we got out at ten o'clock at a lot of times. You know, and, and man, I I never got sleepy at all. It's like I was, of course, I take copious notes too, so <laughs> I keep really engaged. But um, uh, what was I saying? Uh, Oh, goodness. All right. It was so good. Um, let me see. What was I? Let's see. Oh, let's just read. <laughs> Go ahead and read uh, Romans 8, 38. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Okay. This is what I was going to say. So Brother Keith is saying this. <laughs> When we, even right now, I, I'm telling you, <laughs> there's an honor for the presence of God that's going to allow it to be experienced. If you're taking it lightly, you're not going to experience it. And the word of God is the presence of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So when we're, when we're receiving of the word, there needs to be a recognition that God is here right now talking to us with the intent that it transform us. Right? And when that, until that's a reality, it will be, I, I was I was looking at that. Was it today that in our reading that it, about the the parable of the feast, the wedding feast? That was yesterday, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, I saw I saw it like this that <laughs> that the father is wanting to have a marriage, and so he prepares this feast. And what is it? It's something you consume. Remember, Jesus said, "I am the bread of life." 
And what he prepared at the feast, when we come together and we join together with Christ, we partake of the bread of life. Everything we need in life is provided in the word. Amen? But what did he say? He said they, they took it lightly. They disregarded it. They, they, they didn't even acknowledge it. They didn't do anything. They didn't even show up and eat it. And how necessary it is. If we want to have God in any other form, we got to take him in, in, in the word. And consider, have a revelation that this is him. This is him showing up. Amen? And then consume it to where it becomes us. Right? All right. So, I'm glad I remembered what Keith was talking about. Nothing can separate us from this. Once we get into Christ, we are connected with him. So one of the biggest things that the enemy's going to want to do is come and tell us a lie that we are separated some way, in some way from the actual presence of God. That God has something else he's been holding back from us that, that he's going to do in a bigger way. And if we, can, if we can believe that, we'll miss out on what we have. Can you see that? Now, there will, be, you know, there will be demonstrations, but that's not God in any other form than he is right here with me now. Amen? <laughs> okay. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither, uh, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, nor even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. If you're not going to separate me from God's love, you're not going to separate me from his visitation, from his presence. Amen? No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, John 14, 16. This is the promise of the Spirit to be with. So what do we have in the Holy Spirit? Man, I, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being getting comfortable with the Holy Spirit, and... And when we were up around the altar, we were just praying in the Holy Ghost the whole time. What is that? That, that is how we know God. We know him spirit. We're not going to know him with our brains. We're not going to figure him out. We're not going to put him in a box. We're not going to analyze what's going on somewhere else and, and, and figure it out and decide how to re, reproduce that somehow. No, no, you don't do that. that you only know it by the spirit. And so Jesus came and he said, by the Spirit, you're going to be, you're going to be with me, but I'm going to be in you. Amen? I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. He will never leave you. He will never leave you. He, there isn't, there's, isn't, he doesn't show up in a different form. He doesn't show up in a magnified demonstration. No, he's the same Spirit, the same Spirit. The race Christ from the grave <laughs> is in me now. Amen? And he will never leave me. He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. <laughs> now, the sad thing about this is 
It says the world cannot recognize him. I think the church half the time doesn't recognize him. Because we're looking for something else. We're impressed by something else. I'm, we can get glad when God's, when, when somebody's receiving. I'm not going to say he's moving somewhere else. He's moving everywhere. He's just being received somewhere else. Amen? And I'm going to celebrate that. But I'm not going to see it as something that's different than what I have. Amen? Because I recognize him now. He's with me right now. Amen? And the more I recognize that, the more I honor it, the more I consider it, the more I savor it, the more I give time for it, what I already have. That's why Jesus said, those that don't have, they're going to lose what they have. And what is that? That's a perspective of what I have. Where is God? Well, obviously, you don't have him. If you're not feeling like he's here, right? But when you, the more you magnify what you have in God, the more you're going to go. Every revelation that you get, that you do something with, takes you to a deeper revelation. Amen? All right. <clears throat> the world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him. Because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Amen. John 4.13. Drinking of the Spirit, it's ours to do. So, sometimes we just, wanna, we just want God to just show up and just, you know, drown everybody. Just, you know, and everybody that even doesn't want it just gets it anyway. It's like, it's like, you know, that guy said, help my unbelief. And God says, help your own unbelief. <laughs> right? How do you help your unbelief? You start, it's like, it's like Braden not liking chocolate when he's little. You know, it's like, you got to taste it. You're going to have to start partaking of it. Right? John 4, 13. So he's, he's talking to this lady at the well, right? And he's talking about drinking. And if we're going to experience God, he, he's not going to come do something we don't want. He's not going to waterboard us. You're going to have to take it whether you like it or not because somebody prayed for you. <laughs> he's not going to do that. What, we're going to have to fill up our own container and drink it. It's up to us. Amen? So he's talking with this lady at the well. And he says, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. And I, I, you know what? Here is the thing. Even, even in, in the demonstrations of God, and this is the thing I'm concerned about. I am. I, uh, uh, th there was a guy named Steve Fry. His father was a pastor out in, um, I don't know if you remember the song, Abba Father, Abba Father. 
Deep within my soul I cry. Well, anyway, it's from the 70s. <laughs> but they had, they had a, a, a big revival at his dad's church. And he, he actually wrote a book. His dad wrote a book on how you can lose this, this experience. And that's how it is. It's like a special experience is going to do nothing for you five years from now if you don't know how to maintain what, what that presence is. Amen? I don't, just, I don't even want a special experience if it doesn't do anything for me in my life. If there's no fruit that comes from it. Amen? Otherwise, that will be a very great deception if it becomes a discouragement. Oh, I guess it just went on by. No, he's here. He's here, right? That's what I want to get. Is I'm never going to be separated from this. Amen? And if you start looking for the demonstrations, you're going to get distracted from the one who's right here right now. Amen? All right. I'm not wanting to discourage anything, but I'm just wanting to get in on it. Amen? Not miss out on what we have. Uh but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. See, this is what I want. I want to learn how to do my own drinking, not just get in on somebody else's drinking. Because <laughs> then I can just drink forever. And I will be satisfied continually. I would rather live in the presence of God. I would rather live... That's not, uh, he's not just visiting. We're abiding. Amen? I don't want a visitation. I want to live. Amen? <laughs> it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them what kind? Temporary visitation rights? No, eternal. <laughs> right? Ephesians 4.30. Can we just get a little bit more here? It can affect perception of his presence. So what happens is, is it, will, it will affect how we perceive him. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. So we've been talking about this. I, I was thinking back this, this last year even. I did, we did a whole series because I think God's really wanting us to, to become sensitive to his holiness, sensitive to what he likes and what he doesn't like. And we did this whole series on getting on the right side of God. It's very important. Why? Because our, our, our ability to sense his presence has to do with his Holy Spirit. And we can actually grieve the Holy Spirit and and where his presence is right there to be experienced, we will not experience it if we're grieving his spirit. Does that make sense? This is why sin is a problem. Grace covers it. But if we're willfully sinning, what we're actually doing is, is kind of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. He's there. Grace came to lead us into holiness. Grace came to lead us into godliness. And we spit in the face of the Holy Spirit by choosing to abuse it. <laughs> and we'll miss out 
I, I, we've been, you know, we, this last week we're talking about just walking in love. Did you know when we don't, when we choose to hold something, when we choose to be offended, when we choose to, to, to hold something in our hearts, bitterness in our hearts, Holy Spirit cannot manifest <laughs> where strife is because that's the manifestation of the devil. He's not going to show up in those places. That's why it's, if, we're, if we want to experience him, we don't just start praying for him. We prepare for him. Amen? For vessels to carry this, this wonderful glory. Amen? It's not something we do or something. We just drink. You drink of the Holy Spirit, and he does a purifying effect in your life. Amen? Don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved only saved on the day of redemption. This matters to him. This is a big deal to him, right? Romans 8, 12. <clears throat> Living by the Spirit awakens awareness of his presence. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. Who's he talking to? Brothers and sisters, right? But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. What does that mean? That means I'm not looking for the Holy Spirit somewhere else. I'm following the Spirit right here. <laughs> He's my daily walk. I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm walking in the life. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Okay, let me see. I just want to go to this last one. I had something else there. Um, I just want to read this because Jesus is talking about this. I just want to hear Jesus' perspective on this. And that's how, I, uh, that's how we can see this. I'm just going to read through it quickly. So Jesus' passion, I'm, I'm at John 6, uh, 28 through 40. To be seen and received right in the heart of the one he has already promised to be with. Jesus is really passionate about this thing. He says, I don't want, he, he did so many miracles, didn't he? He would, he would go somewhere and, and you know why? Wherever he did those miracles, it says in one place the presence or the, the power of the Lord was present to heal. I, I, I believe that's where they went in through the ceiling, wasn't it? Um, they actually had to get him to him. But everywhere he healed like that, it was because people saw him as the one that could do these things and they had an expectation that went along with it. Where did, was he unable to? where they didn't honor him. They didn't respect him. They didn't consider what his words were as significant at all. And so they disregarded him. And I'm thinking, why aren't we having miracles? Well, maybe we aren't expecting it. <laughs> maybe we're waiting for something else to happen. Maybe we're too familiar, <laughs> you know. Is this right? But, but Jesus, even in the miracles... His real intent was not to just impress. He, 
He, he, he healed 10 uh, lepers, right? And how many came back to even say thanks? One got it. That this wasn't just about what I'm getting. It's about a relationship. Right? Because Jesus is passionate. And it must have really bothered him a lot to see this. Because people were being miracles. They were having healings and everything else. And then they just go back and, and live as if nothing, you know, shoo, glad I met Jesus. Now I can walk. <laughs> you know, now I can hear. Now I can see. But his he, he wanted to, he wanted it to be something where now they don't, they didn't just get an, a, a visitation from him. They got a life from him. So this passage is good. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? So they're seeing the, the works. They're wanting to emulate. They're wanting to figure it out, put it in a box so that they can resell it, right? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. They had a sign. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said... Give us that bread every day. They're still thinking it's a demonstration. They still think it's a, a physical thing. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He's saying, I want to be in you. I want to live in you. I don't want to just do stuff for you. I don't want to just be a sign. Here's what happens. Once, once he's come to be in us, do we need a sign to believe in him anymore? <laughs> He's in us. What more of a sign do we need? <laughs> but you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me. Isn't this wonderful how precious his heart is? He said, I, I don't even, I'm not even going to get down on one of them. But that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. Don't you like that? This prophetic thing that comes out of his mouth while people are rejecting him and getting ready to crucify him. This is his declaration. This is his passion. That we'll be together. That we'll be one. His last prayer before he goes and is crucified. Father, make us one. Not show us a whole bunch of signs. Make us one. So that it's, it's about Shabbat, the God who is. 
And when I think of there, I think here. There, <laughs> inside of me. Amen? Never leaving. Never. And the passion of Jesus is accomplished when we get our focus in the right place. You, you get this kind of thing happening, there will be, be demonstrations. But, I, but not distractions. Amen? And, 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 and we can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is how I, I desire this. Amen? And, and celebrate every time somebody's doing this. Not putting it down, protecting it in prayer. Amen? Not saying it's going to spread over here. No, we have it over here. Amen? And we're going to become that spark that the best way to affect God's movement in this place is to become aware of him. Not to pray, to be aware of him, to honor his presence. Amen? I mean, prayer will be involved in that, but you know what I'm saying. It will, the best way I can affect something is to get on fire myself. Just really get in God's presence, be on fire. Amen? And you can't be on fire and not cause something else to get on fire. It will spread. Amen? But it won't be coming from something that we think is a different manifestation of God. No. We have the same spirit. Amen? 